Welcome to the South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast. I'm your host, Matt Mitterell. The South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast exists as a platform for the voices of apostolic leadership. Here, guests respond to racial and cultural topics from a biblical, historical, and experiential perspective. The South Carolina District Building the Bridge ministry seeks to contribute to the continued advancement of diversity within the United Pentecostal Church International by effectively working towards evangelizing the African-American and Black community. This work involves promoting the inclusion and cultural affirmation within the South Carolina District while providing resources and advice to UPCI ministers on matters of importance to the African-American and Black community. By working with National Building the Bridge leadership, local pastors, and ministers, including those newly licensed, South Carolina District Building the Bridge endeavors to promote the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. For more information, visit buildingthebridgeministries.com or contact me at scbtbministries at gmail.com. All right, and thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to the South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast. I'm here again with another very special guest who is no stranger to the Building the Bridge ministry. Uh, in fact, he's been a longtime supporter of the Building the Bridge ministry. We're going to get into um, his experiences over the past uh, few years with regard to the conference. Um, if you all recall from episode three with my conversation with uh, Brother Blandon, I mentioned that we would uh, get together. My guest today, Brother Brian Foster, will get together and do sort of a pregame show for the conference, the Building the Bridge conference coming up next week, June 14th through the 16th uh, in Houston, Texas. And um, and we're here today to do just that, to stay <laughs> to live up to that promise. And then after after um, uh, the conference, we'd also like to come back again and do what you know, uh, sort of a post game show, and just kind of talk about what we learned and all of the things that were imparted to us over the over the course of the three days. But um, let me just introduce real quick, Brother Foster. Um, again, no no stranger to building the bridge. He was born and raised in Lancaster, South Carolina. He served with Pastor D. L. Erickson of First United Pentecostal Church in Rock Hill from 1999 until about 2003. Uh, of course, uh, Pastor Erickson uh, passed away in 2015. Um, and Brother Foster, after serving with, with Pastor Erickson for that length of time, uh, began serving with Pastor Mark Sean Johnson uh, from about 2003 until 2020. And, and of course, Pastor um, Mark Johnson uh, passed away as well back in 2020. Um, but we have the privilege and the honor of um, serving with Brother Foster here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, with our pastor Nathan Huba, and so uh, it's we've been talking about doing this yes, for some sir. time, <laughs> and I'm excited to, yes, to, to get into this conversation. I tell you, uh, Brother Foster, you have just been such a um, such a again such a strong supporter of this ministry, and. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's really a joy to get to speak to you today and really hear your heart about um, about what you've seen, what this ministry can do. If you want to greet greet everybody here, 
um, you just say hi or <laughs> yes, sir. I'll. I really appreciate this. I, I really appreciate God for you, Pastor Heron, and uh, for your motivation, for the vision that you have for building the Bridge Conference. And I just, uh, it's just overwhelming. I'm just overwhelmed to be here. And uh, with what I don't heard uh, through the podcast with uh, the superintendent and uh, our brother Henry and uh, uh, even Pastor Bladden, it's just been dynamic. And uh, Looking forward to wow. us just going to the next level, which is already don't start it and begin with the work of God uh, through all the legendary Amen. ones that supported this and uh, been behind it for years. And I just thank God that it's still alive and still going. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm thankful to be of service. And let me just plug real quick before we dive into our conversation. We um, we know this week this is just a really exciting time yes, because this is. week here in South Carolina, we are gearing up for our uh, district conference. And of course, we have uh, uh, Reverend Daryl Johns, who is the assistant general superintendent and evangelist Rima Duncan, who are the main speakers. And that conference, our South Carolina conference take taking place here. June 7th through the 9th. Y'all be sure to look for us um, and a few others. We'll be there passing out, building the bridge, connect cards for everybody. Um, I also recently launched an Instagram page at SCBTB Ministries. And I want to I want to first off say thank you to uh, Brother Blin Bell. Um, This is the first time I'm getting an opportunity to uh, thank him publicly uh, on this forum. He has been really instrumental in helping us and helping me design uh, the current branding for that that logo you see when you when you search for our podcast. That logo was designed by him, and so I want to I want to personally and here publicly thank Brother Blim Bell. He's also been very instrumental in helping um, us communicate what's happening with building the bridge on Facebook, and there's more to come. So, but uh, look look for us there at at uh, district conference this week, um, and if you're somebody you know looking to get involved with building the bridge ministry um, and have an eye for digital design. I want to invite you, uh, you know, uh, to have a discussion with me, of course, with pastor, your, your pastor's approval, if you're not a pastor already, um, but have a discussion with me about how you can help us here uh, going forward with, with uh, uh, sharing this ministry on various social media platforms. So, but without further ado, just a lot of exciting things going on um, that I wanted to mention. I want to get into our conversation today. And here today, what we want to discuss really is the Building the Bridge Conference, what it's all about, the history behind it. Um, and I, what I was thinking about, the, the why behind this episode, um, the, the person that came to mind to, again, to sit down and talk to was uh, Brother Foster because of his knowledge and his experience. And so right out the gate, Brother Foster, we're going to start what let's discuss kind of like the, the early history of the building the bridge conference. Um, that first one, you know, uh, where you were around back then, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. sir. <laughs> yes, so let's, let, yes, let's, let, what was that like? What was that conference like? Um, if you can uh, share those details there. Well, I'll, I'll be honest, and uh, that's all I can be as honest is that it was it was dynamic. I tell you, um, you know, through my uh, through Pastor D.L. Erickson, which you're going to hear me throughout my life mention a lot is because 
Pastor Diaz, Diaz followed the voice of God, and he uh, actually came down first to Columbia, South Carolina, to start a work for God. And uh, somehow, some way, he was trying to uh, escape escape the calling of God to go back home to Louisiana. But when he got back home to Louisiana, God spoke to him and told him that he needs to load his wagon and his family back up and head back to South Carolina because he didn't go he didn't go up further enough to where he wanted to him to be. So he did that and finally he got to Rock Hill, uh, got himself situated. Uh, found a place to live to put uh, make sure that his family had a roof over his head and then found uh, a, the Bible say if you don't work you ain't going to eat so yeah, that's right. all the support <laughs> he found a job and then after he done all of that and got himself situation, situated he uh, established a church there and uh, that was the greatest thing that ever could happen for uh, the uh, state of South Carolina Um is when uh, Pastor Harrison followed the will of God and uh, came up to Rocky, South Carolina, where he established a, a great church. I mean, uh, awesome church. And uh, in the process of all that, you know, here you is at a um, uh, town and everybody, you know, it's just everybody hurting. Even, you know, here I am, 22 years old. You know, most of the time when you think of a 22 years old um seeking for direction, seeking for the will of God because the things that was actually going on in my life that just wasn't adding up, just wasn't working out. And uh came from a great inheritor, came from a great family. And uh, you know, I talk about my mom and dad, you know, because the Bible talk about how honor your mother and father on this earth, your days, how long your days was gonna last and all that, the will of God being in the will of God. And I had some great parents. Uh, they had great parents. Uh, all, you know, when I look back at the history of my parents, everybody actually was established in church and was either doing something in the church or something everybody was established. And so being, you know, at the age of 22, you know, the uh, everything just started flashing before me. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do better. Uh, um, didn't have too much to worry about because I I had my mother on my side that which was the greatest and biggest encouragement of my life because my dad had passed when I was about six years old. And um, my mom just took us under her arm, um, me and my uh, two brothers and two sisters, and just uh, allowed uh, us to, you know, the, you know, with all the respect in the world was to love on her. And she just... Uh, allowed that inheritance flow through us and uh, watching her, you know, my mom was a, uh, a awesome praise. I, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think I, <laughs> I don't think I know that's why I get all my praise and worship and running. Oh yeah. Yes. From you're, you're a runner, brother. You are a runner. <laughs> <laughs> I used to actually, I used to actually sit there and watch her, you know, sitting beside her, standing beside her in church. And I would be, you know, sometime I, sometime I would be, you know, I would be like, Mom, not today. Please don't take off today. Mom, don't jump up and down today. You got me right here. Not today, but but it was awesome though. But you know, but in the search of search for God, though, that's what I uh really appreciated was that Pastor D. L. Harrison, uh, 
you know, it, it was it was strange because you know the life we live in. You know, it was you know I'm back in here's in the ninety and you know we used to think of people um, talking in tunes and all that. We thought they was crazy and mm-hmm. didn't want to be a part of nothing like that. We just wanted to be part of a church and that's it. And uh, so one day I got an invitation from a, a group of people over in Fort Lawn, South Carolina, that uh, ended up uh, being uh, a part of my life in the church. And uh, and these and, and what was so astonished about it was that, you know, you knew the walk of life of these people. And all of a sudden they get to Rock Hill and uh, they get the Holy Ghost. They get baptized in Jesus. I'm talking about some diehard AM Zion. I'm talking about uh, mm. Baptists. I'm talking about either holiness. Uh, you know, these people was in all these d- different denominations. And they found out because Pastor Johnson, sisters, who was, uh, two of them was out in uh, California. One of them was out in San Diego, California. One of, one of them was in Carson, California. And one was out in Denver, Colorado. Because Pastor Johnson decided one summer he was trying to get away from uh, his parents and go visit his sister. They sent him out to San Diego uh, to visit his sister, Tony. And the rules and regulation was when you go out to California to visit them, you had to go to church, regardless of what you had to go to church. So Tony was uh, um, had been introduced to uh, the PAW, the Pentecostal Assembly of the World. And mm-hmm. when he got there, you know, he didn't know nothing about that. He was AM Zion. He 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 was uh, he was AM Zion, and he was full of the world. He was he was a mm-hmm. DJ. Mm-hmm. He was he was total DJ, <laughs> and uh, yeah. he was just out there. But when he got out to San Diego, California and visited uh, his sister, um, he went to church that Sunday morning and he um, shared the story with me. And he said church was like never before. He never experienced, he'd never seen anything. And that morning when the uh, pastor got to preaching, he said he looked like if he was looking right at him and pointed at him and said that Jesus got something for you. And um, Mm. he's like, he can't be talking to me. He can't be talking to me. And he said about thing he noticed later was that the pastor started walking his way, just started walking down the aisle and got right up on him. And just like if he was, the word was just preaching to him. And he said before he knew it, as a little boy, 15 years old, here he is. And he's don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden he started to cry and all this. And the next thing, you know, he began to murmur stuff that he never heard mm-hmm. before. He had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but didn't, didn't know the mm-hmm. understanding of what he had received. Mm-hmm. So he goes back there. He goes, he leaves California. He stops in Colorado and see his other sister. And uh, she's in uh, uh, United Pentecostal Church out in Colorado. So mm-hmm. he's there for a little while and then he heads back home. 15 years old, without the understanding, without the teaching of what just had happened to him, he's back out in the world doing his thing. 
But he said mm. he just noticed a difference that every time, you know, he was get somewhere, he goes in his room, the music he played, he said everything just started was different. His life just started changing. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, Sister DeVira, his sister that was uh, out in Colorado, came home, not planning to stay, but just came to visit for a little while. So when she got in uh, back here in 80, I think it was somewhere around about 85 or 86, uh, I might have been earlier than that. So she had got in and so she told her mother, she called a pastor in Colorado and, and told and asked him about where was the nearest church that she could attend that believed like she believed and she wanted to be established. She wanted to be where she know that she was going to be okay and all that. So he got a hold of Pastor D.L. Erickson up in Rock Hill. And so yeah. she got the information, called, got the information, the direction. And so after that, she decided that she was going to go on a Wednesday night but her mother thought that it would be strange for her to drive 20 some miles because we actually live about 20, uh, about 22 miles or 20 some miles from the Rocky Church, either if you was in Fort Lawn or if you was in Lancaster, which I was raised and born mm. in Lancaster. But her mm. mother thought it was strange for her daughter to be driving up the road like that by herself because church didn't start at 730. Bible study didn't mm. start at 730. So her mother said to her, and that was that's was the outbreak of revival for the, the city of Fort Lawn, Lancaster, uh, Fort Mill, Chester, Union, uh, even in Mecklenburg County, even in Charlotte. Uh, um, Sister Johnson was known as a good stewardess at the AM Zion Church. So she went with her daughter. She was just riding up and going to sit with her daughter and mind her business until church turnout. And she was just going to go back home with her daughter, had a conversation, whatever. But it didn't happen like that. God had other plans. So she goes there that Wednesday night Bible study. And for the first time ever in her life, Sister Johnson said that she walked into an apostolic church for the first time in her life, a United Pentecostal what, church. What year What year is this? What year are we talking about? This is about, right around about 1980. Um, so I'm going to say right about 82, 83. Okay. And uh, she walks into a United Pentecostal church for the first time. This is the mother. We're not talking about the daughter. We're talking about the mother. She just going mm-hmm. to visit her, uh, going up to make sure that her daughter was protected. Not knowing that God already had his angel camped around about her. So she gets there and she says when she walks in, she said, totally, when I opened up the door, I knew something was different than I ever had experienced in my life. So she got in there and they got the teaching about the oneness and um, say just Pastor Aries just was he was just breaking down things in the Bible that was so simple Mm -hmm. but was so important to her and she was like I never heard this before I I never heard it like this before and Mm. so it became that that the Lord had established a nugget in her heart to the point that 
it just drove her. She said that when she was on her way back down the road, she was just like, I never had experienced nothing like this in my life. What is actually happening? I never heard it like this before. Mm. And so it was an invitation from the Lord for her. And so the next time that that Sunday, Sister Johnson was on the the board. <laughs> she was the, <laughs> she kept up the money. She kept records of everything. Mm-hmm. She got up that Sunday morning. She said she got up that Sunday morning, and it was just like if her spirit wouldn't allow her to go back to the AM Zion Church. That she said to her daughter, "I'm going to church with you this morning. I'm going to church mm-hmm. with you this morning." So when she got back there that, that second time, and there was an altar call, the Lord filled and baptized her with the Holy Ghost that Sunday. Wow. She came back. She came back from all that, from the experience of the Holy Ghost. She went back to her church. She said she went back to the church and she just felt led to have a conversation with the pastor. Mm -hmm. And she asked him a question about the Holy Ghost. Why haven't I heard this since I've been here about this oneness, this Jesus name, baptism. And all of a sudden, before he can get anything out, she said, well, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm not going to be coming here no more because I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I got the Holy Ghost Sunday. And yeah. I, that's where I'm going to be going. And so from that breaking point right there, Pastor Heron was a uh, man. Even on my on my journey, for somehow, some reason, I knew a lot of people over there in Fort Lawn and was connected to a lot of people over in Fort Lawn. And um, Sister Johnson and her daughter had a uh, um, uh, a vision, had a, a motivation about themselves that, you know, everybody in Fort Lawn loved Sister, uh, Sister Johnson. Sister Johnson was known mm-hmm. all over Fort Lawn. So when everybody started hearing about Sister Johnson not going to the AM Zion, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah AM Zion Church no more, Everybody got, uh, uh, it was almost like a panic in Fort Long. Uh, and mm-hmm. Sister Johnson is have left the AM Zion Church. That's what you would hear. And uh, so it got out to the Baptist Church. It got out to the Holiness Church. Because we're talking about churches that were right across the street from one another in family yeah, churches. Right. And so it got out. It got the, Like the Bible said, the word got abroad. It just, just got out and uh, everybody got kind of shook about it. So she had the opportunity to share, start sharing with her relatives, her cousin, and everything. She said, this this, this, this baptism in Jesus' name, uh, uh, I never heard it before. And, and now I'm reading it in the Bible, in the book of Acts, that is there, is there. And that's all I can tell you is that the Bible say, without his spirit, you're none of his. You mm. got to be born again. And she started, um, she just started going to Broadway. From that point on, God allowed her to be a witness for her, for him. And all of a sudden, it was a breakout. It was a breakout in the Holiness Church. It was a breakout in the AM Zion Church she was in. It was a breakout in the Baptist Church to the point that she started witnessing and telling her family, say, hey, look. Y'all got to come and hear this. Y'all got to come and hear this. And it mm. wasn't 
weeks, months after, God just started feeling. <laughs> I'm talking about people. Wow. I'm talking about people that I knew cuss like a freight train. I'm talking about people <laughs> that I knew that parted. I mean, when I say parted, they parted hard all the way to Sunday morning till it was time to go to church. Wow. <laughs> God started feeling Holy Ghost revival. God yeah. started filling these people with the Holy Ghost, and so I ended up uh, going to Fort Lawn uh, because I was uh, uh, dating a young lady over there, and I started going to Fort Lawn, and and all of a sudden I came out of the store one day, and uh, the guy that used to uh, pitch for the Leinster Tiger that played with my uncle and uh, and them uh, in baseball, and. Um, I knew this guy. I, I mean, if you go to a game, he was a great pitcher and all that. But I knew this guy. This guy, you know, he he was a gambler. He 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 was a cursor. He was everything that you can about pull pull out of the devil mm. camp. He was, and so wow. I'm sitting there, and then and all of a sudden, this guy comes and he says, uh, "Hey, let me invite you to church." And I'm like. Invite what church you going to now? Because he used to go to the same church that Sister Johnson go to the Isaiah uh, AM Zion, and uh, he said, "Let me invite you to church." And I'm like, "No, no, no! I go to church, bro. Oh, whole time I want to, I go to church. So I'm, I'm the good. Lord. Look, the Lord was coming for you next. Right, right. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good in there, you know. And I'm sitting here like he said. He said, nah, serious though, I'd like to invite you to the church. And I said, uh, "What church you go to?" He said, "I go to the United Pentecostal Church in Rock Hill." And I said, um, that's new. I ain't never heard of that. What? What? I'm young. What is that? Yeah. What is that? And what? So what? What year are we talking here now? What year is this? We're talking about around about the same year because what happened is, you know, oh, okay, so I'm, still in 1982. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna share because what happened was from yeah. 19 from 1983. I'll say mm-hmm. Sister Johnson got the Holy Ghost in 1983. Pastor mm-hmm. Johnson, her son, got the Holy Ghost in 1986. And that's what shook the whole young neighborhood there. Gotcha. Because what as happened Mark, with, as Mark Johnson. That's that would Pastor be Mark, Mark Johnson. Sean Johnson. What okay, happened okay. with him was he became a DJ. He was a DJ. Everybody who knew mm-hmm. Pastor Mark Johnson knew he was a awesome. I mean, I'm talking about the next generation. I'm talking about um, what his name uh D.K. Kelly and all them wouldn't have had nothing on him. Um, <laughs> uh, Big Daddy King, all them. That's, you know, this who is, they used to have a group called uh, um, uh, the Jolly Jammers. That who they was, the Jolly Jammers. Everybody throughout the <laughs> uh, South Carolina, North Carolina knew these guys. These guys was a bunch of big guys. And they was something, and I got to introduce. I got introduced because I used to go out to this club, and uh, they um, came there, and I was like, "Oh wow, these cats are bad." And mm-hmm. so when Pastor Johnson ended up going to church in Rock Hill, and God gave him a refreshing of what he received in San in San Diego, California, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he came home. And I use the word conviction a lot. He came home from being at the United Pentecostal Church, being renewed in the spirit and done away with everything. We got a report that 
Brother Johnson, Brother Mark Johnson is not DJing no more. All over the <laughs> all over the state. It that was that didn't seem right. And so mm. finally it became true because here him in the crowd he is now out witnessing and doing all of that. And you know, once you get to know people and their experience, and you see this guy out, him and his friends out his buddies and they preaching and singing to a new tune and and, and, it, gripped, and it gripped me it gripped me it, mm-hmm. it, the, the fort long start changing me because not only did fort long get hit all at once from 80 from 1983 all the way up to 1990 i got the holy ghost in 1990 and mm-hmm. uh i watched these guys i watched these people that's what i always say bob Faith come by here. I watched them. I watched them. I watched them. I would go to Fort Lawn and I would just be like, these cats serious. These people are serious. These people having Bible study underneath their trees. These people are going to church seven days a week. These people are crazy. And I feel like, oh my God. What is going on? I went to Fort Long one day and they was having a Bible study. I look on top of the roof and they got Bibles up on top of the roof. I said, now they going too far, Lord. This is getting crazy. And so my friend came back again and he says to me, he says. Holy, look, the Holy Ghost make you do some bold yes, stuff. Yes, it will. Yes, Pastor Heron, I tell you what, from experience, I have never seen anything like this in the Baptist. I don't know. I'm not, you know, just I'm just saying I never because I'm Baptist. I was Baptist. I never seen mm-hmm. nothing like that. I just I never yeah. seen people who had a hunger in a right. first that everything. And I know they had to be delivered from something because I never hear this. I never heard this guy curse no more. I never heard. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy, I remember he was testifying at church one day. He said to the church, he said, now, I know I've been changed and can't nobody tell me, tell me different. The devil himself can't even tell. He said, I used to go to the AM Zion church. I used to help Sister Johnson count money. That's what he said. He said, I used to sit back there at the pew. And when the preacher got up there, I looked at my little gang and just what I would tell him. He got 30 minutes. And if he ain't done in 30 minutes, I'm going to ring the bell. I'm going to throw up my hand and I'm going to tell him he got to get out of the way because I got to go to the uh, bingo. I got to go play. Bingo. Oh, my oh, goodness. Man. I, man, I'm talking about real people. And yeah. to sit there and watch them people for almost five years, five years, man, I was astonished. I was about to lose it. And then all of a sudden, the worst, the worst, it was getting for me. I, it couldn't get no worse. I, I, I had said to my mama one time, and uh, I said, Mom, I said, you know what? I said, you know I'm doing bad. <laughs> and she said, baby, why you say that? I said, Mom, I'm thinking about going to work for a funeral home. I said, you got to be doing bad if you go work for a funeral home, because ain't nothing at the funeral home but dead. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I say that I can't be feeling that bad, Barbara. And so, <laughs> my friend came back, and uh, 
I remember the last time he asked me, he said, he said, Brian, I went to visit the church one time and I'll never forget that. I went to visit the church and um, Pastor Eris, I'll never forget that message. He was uh, he was teaching on about the the vapor and about being baptized. And mm-hmm. um, he had this uh, this um, kettle and he had it under some uh uh, water under this plate or uh, uh, a heated plate in uh, the kettle or the water board. And then all of a sudden, right after that, the steam came from it. And he was talking about the Holy Ghost. And, then, and I'm sitting back there and he got the uh, relating that to um, being the Holy Ghost, how the Holy Ghost is and all that. And I'm sitting yeah. back there and I'm shaking my head and I was like, I never, I, I never heard this before. I, I never. So this, this, this is your first time. This is like, my first in the time in the United Pentecostal Church. First time. Yeah, and first the, time. And the, and the thing about walking in a in in a first in the in uh the uh, and that that's that was awesome. The first time I ever walking into a United Pentecostal Church, and when I walked in the doors, I just felt free. I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I just felt free. I was like, what is this that I'm feeling that I never felt before? Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and the thing about it, you know, we talk about diversity and all that. And, 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 and that was a big thing, too, because I was hearing people in Fort Long say, now, y'all know that pastor, they're white, right? And I'm sitting here like. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they serving a white man. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm in my flesh. They serving a what? The, the, mm-hmm. you, so you tell me that the pastor up there ain't black? He ain't Chinese? Mm-hmm. And they serving a white man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, Lord, it doesn't matter because they're working for them. Mm-hmm. I know these people. These people been changed. That guy, I haven't seen that guy smoke a cigarette. I haven't seen this guy drink alcohol. I, this guy don't even DJ no more. He don't even go to the clubs no more. Who can do that for somebody that been in? And this guy was in the church, his church all his life. But he don't change all of a sudden. And it just started dawning on me. This is what I'm looking for, Lord. Yeah. I'm, I'm some, some, something about this church, something some, about this message is different. And it's actually changing people's lives. It's changing lives. people right off. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. who goes to church and come back the next day? The next week, they're not drinking, they're mm-hmm. not cursing, they're not gambling, yeah. they're not even doing none of these things, but trying to live for God. And I'm like, oh wow! And I remember when I got that second invitation to go to church, and I'm like, man, I'm not ready. And <laughs> I'm not ready, you know. Um, yeah. It was one thing about growing up in the Baptist church because I was raised by an awesome um, grandmother was that my grandmother always told her her children, my mom and all them that, you know, it didn't make no difference um, what they, if they was party poopers, if they was out at the clubs or what, it didn't make no difference. On Sunday morning, they better be at church. And she didn't leave it off like that. She would say, they better be at church and my grandkids better be there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. So 
I didn't want to be no, um, really, I wasn't looking to get in church to play around. I, I wouldn't, I didn't want to be no hypocrite. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. in and out. I was looking for yeah. something real. I, I just wanted yeah. to be, when I got ready, uh, when God got ready for me to get, uh, be established in the church, I wanted to be in the church where I wasn't, I was going to please God. I was, I know if I was going to make some errors or something, but my whole focus was that when I got in church, I was going to be in church. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going. And you, I can testify. That's how you still are today. <laughs> this, that's my foundation <laughs> you know, is once I got yeah, in, yeah. I, I just wanted to be established. I wanted to be all I can for God because I know the enemy, when I was out in the world, the enemy was out to destroy me. And um, mm. I never forget December the twenty third, nineteen hundred nine. Twenty uh, uh, December the twenty third, nineteen ninety. Right before uh, Christmas, uh, you know, um, I get that invitation from my uh, brother, and uh, I used to sit there and watch them, and I, and I knew he, he he said, you know what? He said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep I'm not gonna force God on you. He said, I'm uh, in due time. He said. Uh, you'll see. You'll see for yourself. So I remember at being at 22, I had, uh, you know, I was I was playing around out there in the world. I, I, I never was trying to, you know, I always uh, say that. I told my mom that even when my son was uh, born, um, the first one, Demarcus, I wasn't, I was, you know, I just was caught off guard at the time. I, I told, that's what I told my mom. I said, I, you know, I really didn't want no children. I wasn't ready for no children. I said, cause I let her know and I say, you know, I got you and you the one that's supporting me right now. So I really didn't need any kids. I just want to just do what everybody else do, but don't get caught up in the moment where I end up with kids. But it didn't happen like mm-hmm. that. I ended up with a, uh, my son, my oldest son and, at that breaking point right there, I knew that I had to do something different. I, I I knew I had to change for him, not just for me, but for him. So yeah. I started beginning to pray, though. And I started saying, Lord, I said, you know what? You know, I can't raise uh, no kid because I'm still a kid myself. I'm just 22. Right, right. I'm, I'm still, I'm just living. I'm not, you know, I just, and um. I just need some help. And I, I can remember that as a sinner. I can, I can just remember that just saying, God, I just need some help. Mm-hmm. If Will you help me? Will you help me? And, and all of a sudden, here come these Pentecosts. Here come these Pentecosts. Uh, my friend came back alone and he says, and, and really the, the young lady that I had my uh, first son by, her whole household had been um, filled with the Holy Ghost, and um, yeah. I was like, you know, your 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 story. Listening to you talk, I'm, I'm reminded of um, the the Book of Acts tells us about the story of the angel of Cornelius, right? And how you know this 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 man intentionally asked God, "Hey, send somebody here for us, my family." You know, and if I could paraphrase and greatly, but. Send somebody here for us. Send somebody here for me. My household, my family needs needs you, and God right. honored that. And and right. I, and I think a lot can be said about how God operates. You know, if there is a hungry heart, it won't go hungry for much longer because no, God won't. is going to send pastors. God is going to send ministers. God's going to send friends mm-hmm. and 
people who and witnesses, if you will, who right, came out of right, the, right, the right. same situation or similar situation that you just came out of. He's going to send those people to you. And if that hungry heart is sincere, God is going to God's going to do something with that uh, with that hungry heart. You yes, know? he will. So yes. who 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 was the who was the first one that that invited you to um to attend the building the bridge uh building the bridge conference well pastor sean johnson was the one that got all of us involved because what happened was i like what his sister i, I was talking to his sister uh in uh, California, cause we are real close. We just like family because I, mm-hmm. I like, I, like I think I was sharing with you. I went to be as the first lady of the loving way apostolic church of Atlanta. Yes, yeah, and I yeah, was there, yeah. and uh, me and her was talking, and then I and her daughter, and I was like, you know, if you look at it, I say y'all got in the church like I think y'all got in the church right about eighty five. Um, and two years after that, he married you. And I said right after that, two uh, 86, uh, I think it was 88, I think she got in. And I say two years after that, I said, uh, I got the Holy Ghost right after that. And I say, next thing right. you know, me and, me and her uh, husband, which is pastor, was pastor was, we, um, for some reason, um, he was that type of person. If you sing or if you had that connection with God, he just discerned that. He just, he just wanted you in that circle. He wanted to make sure that you was involved. And so, mm-hmm. he had a hunger. He, oh man, by being a DJ and being out there, he just had a hunger. When he got in the church, he got established real quick. He just was his his mindset was. You know, if I was out there in the world and I gave it to the world, I'm in the church and I'm going to give my everything, my everything. And man, I just love that impact. I just love that 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 motivation. And so he uh, 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 found out. See, this we thought. See, basically, like me and him talked about one time before was when we got in the church. Uh, man, I tell you what, I we came out of a great district, brother Clayton uh, down in. Uh, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, which was the superintendent at the time, uh, Brother uh, Singleton, which was the secretary. I mean, I came out of a great uh, district here in South Carolina. Uh, Pastor Harrison, you know, the, the motivation he had, the motivation that the, the saints of God had when I got out of church was that he allowed us to go and use that hunger, that thirst that we had to get more, to get more. And so... Pastor Johnson came along and, oh, man, he was doing everything. He was, oh, wow. He was wide open. And, uh, you know, like I talk about some of Brother B.B. Uh, uh, and all those, Brother Gleason and all them guys and all that. Yeah, uh, Cam Mean uh, was a big thing now. And that's what was awesome for the District of South Carolina is we used to have a district conference, which I know they have it at the uh, hotel here. This in, week, uh, Doubletree. Yep. We had Doubletree. And, uh, you know, that's always going to be a blessing to me because number one is uh, uh, my wife, which uh, which is Tamisha, me and her got married there in 2005. And, and you know, just being able to go there and uh, all them remembers wow. there because we had our big wedding there. Right. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so, um, but we used to go to Lake City. It used to be in Lake City every year. Oh, man, you talk about it. It just seemed like, you know, uh, you was in heaven because what would happen is we we was there from Wednesday to uh, Friday or Saturday Saturday morning and it was time to go. But the unity, 
the unit that the district had is uh, is uh, Brother Scott Smith. I, I remember mentioning his name, Brother Crocker. Uh, you know, it, it was just so many uh, Brother Smith uh, in something. It, I mean, it was a family thing. It was it was just so awesome. But the hunger that the Church of Rock Hill had, without looking over all the other churches, that the hunger that uh, the church had in Rock Hill was just wasn't enough. And mm. so uh, one year, uh, Pastor Johnson found out through his uh, sisters in uh, California. And uh, I, I, like I said, I got a chance to talk with her um, last week. And she said these words right here. She said, I wanted, we wanted our brother to know that there was not just only, but there was more us in the in the in the uh, United Pentecostal Church, and yeah. because we didn't. Well, and that that's an that's an important that's an important uh, thing that you just said there because you know in in the seventies this ministry was started because people like and we heard about this in previous episodes on this podcast, but uh, people like Brother Urshan. Yes, sir. Uh, oh my God! Intentionally made an effort yes, to did. start the Black Evangelism yes, Ministry. Yes, he did. Because he recognized, hey, we're wait a second, we're not we're not diverse enough. We're, that's we're, right. You know, we're not being intentional about reaching the Black community. But so that that's an important important point to make when you when you say that that his sisters, Brother Johnson's sisters, um, told them, told him, hey, there's more Black people in the UPC, you know. Uh, and and I'll go ahead. You can continue that story and, and, from there. And and that's I love that too, Pastor Aaron. Was because you know what? Uh, coming up in the United Pentecostal Churches was that you know I didn't see color. I, I I'm gonna be honest and tell you the truth. I'm lost. Remember yeah. that I'm lost. I'm yeah. looking for all the help that I can to resolve the issue that I'm in. I want to be, you know, this is my this is my first child. I want to be the best father. You know, I, I you know, I share with a lot of people and I'm not going to dwell on it long is I share with a lot of people. You know, I hear a lot of people through the, through my witness and then through the other people. Uh, I, I love listening to other people conversation is and I, I, I hear people talk about their parents, uh, how their parents was doing this, how their parents was that and I'll say, you know, for my parents not to even have the Holy Ghost, but to have the background of Christianity that they had, I never seen my daddy hit my mom. I never seen my mom and dad fight. I never seen my mom and dad drink. I never seen, I never heard my mom and dad cursing me that whole old time. Right. And I'm talking about, they ain't no Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, I'm sitting here like, oh, one minute, you know, but I never seen my, you know, and I could go to my sister and brother and I can say, when when did you see mom and dad fight those six years that they was together that we was born and all that? We can't we can't tell that. So me, I wanted to be the best father that I could to my sons, my children. And so when I look at that and uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at that and in pastor uh sister, you know, they were saying they were saying to him was that, you know, when I walk in, you know, we like I said, district conference, we might have seen, you know, oh, my God. Come on, Holy Ghost. Um, I think Rock Hill, um, God gave uh, Pastor Harrison favor in to the black communities. I, you know, I, I, I listened to Pastor Howdy. You know, even we talked about uh, at first he was evangelizing into the black community. And, you know, I'm I'm. I'm 
I wrestle with that sometimes because I, I I keep thinking that what God said in the Bible was when um He poured out the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is for everyone. Everybody. So, how is your ministry so hard reaching black people, Chinese people, mm-hmm. Hispanic people? How is it? see that's the problem. You know, I always say that's the problem is when it becomes your ministry, it's always gonna be hard to reach people because your heart yeah. ain't where it's at or where it's supposed well, to Well, there you know what, Brother Foster, there's that. And there is that even still today, people say things like they don't see color. And um I think that that it makes it when you say when you when people say comments like that, I don't see color, I don't see color. What it does is that I think there is this on the on the, on the top of that, on the surface of that, there is this this um, sincere desire not to um, operate by way of race. That individual saying, you know, I don't see color. I don't judge people based on their color. And that I, I, I understand and I agree with. I think where the issue comes in, though which is very important is that if we don't see color, then we, we don't see culture. We don't see, we don't see, we, we willingly don't see what the Bible says we should see, which is the Bible says the Holy ghost shall be poured out on all nations, all All people, all tongues, all those (laughs) things. And so God even recognizes in his word that we are all different. We are, we don't look the same. We We don't don't talk the the same. same. We don't have the same experiences. And so, um, you know, I think saying saying you don't see color for people who say they don't see color, I think it's noble. But I also think maybe if they thought about it for just a few seconds and really accepted the fact that there are different while we are all one race, one human, um, one human species, I should say, one human species. And we are all uh, uh, God wants all of the people, all nations to be saved. We are different races. And that's right. just the truth of the matter. And so right. we need to accept that. And Pastor Gann has even said on here and other and elsewhere that, you know, each church should be a reflection of what's in their community. That's right. And so, that's you know, right. if if um, if there's an all black church and, and I was sharing this with somebody recently, if there's an all black church um, in a community where there are uh, uh, white people in the community then that all black church should be reaching out into yes, into yes, that sir. white community. Because yes, again, the, the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, this word, this truth is for all people. And it's so if we people. as a church are really doing, uh, really desiring to do what Christ has instructed us to do, go ye therefore into all the world teaching and preaching and baptizing in my name. If we are really setting out to, uh, to abide by that great commission, then our churches should be, um, a reflection of of uh, of our communities, and so um, you know that those are those are <laughs> those are very important discussions that that uh, that we should continue to have. So yes, sir. I'm sorry, I got on my high horse. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> awesome. That's 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 awesome. And 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 you know, and so what happened was, and I and and truly, you know, I, I was actually really surprised because when me and you was talking, and, and you know. Uh, we had, uh, you know, with, with Pastor D.L. Erickson, even we trans, you know, we made that transition from uh, the South Carolina district over over to our neighboring church uh, right across the line uh, up to Raleigh Durham to the East Coast Conference. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was awesome. It was, you know, uh, 
just to be able to go in here and be fed by different uh, shepherds was awesome. And uh, take it to the street. Winston Salem was hell. And uh, Brother Mark Foster, I thought, uh, was uh, awesome in what his vision was about taking it to the street. He uh, would bring uh, ministers in and uh, and just just go with it. And um, then you had Brother Chavis that was up in Fayetteville that I don't want to leave out because Brother Chavis played a, a great influence on Pastor Johnson. And uh, he had one of the saints from Rock Hill that was stationed at Fort Brad, uh, Brother Gregory Potts there. And Brother Gregory Potts was actually from Fort Mill. And under the Pastor D, he was under uh, under the Pastor D. L. Erickson at the time when he got stationed to um, up to uh, for uh, to Spring Lake rather, and he was up mm-hmm. at Spring Lake, and he was a big influence on. That's how Pastor Johnson actually got his first road in because he was the youth pastor of the church in Rock Hill, and uh, and uh, Brother Chavis was looking for something. Uh, uh, like uh, I heard Brother Mike, Brother Michael Mitchell said, God is getting ready to do a new thing. Uh, mm. And so he was looking for something new. He was looking for something different. And Brother Potts told him about uh, Brother Johnson. Everybody through the district knew that Brother Johnson could sing in, in one and when he gets going, he could take a song from old school book and he would light up a church. He would light up a conference. And so he got so, you know, he got established through all these great men of God, even Brother Jesse Wim. And that's what I want to share with. We went to the East Coast Conference. Uh, I'm going to show you how God began to start uh, using in the Church of Rock Hill a lot in 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 such a great way was that we got the opportunity to go to the um, East Coast Conference on the uh, Brother Huntley, uh, Brother Godair, mm-hmm. and Brother Ams mm-hmm. and all them. I know you recognize all them, Jesse Wim and all that. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. we was at a conference one time, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, and uh, uh, praise praise break out. And, and, and some of us brothers and sisters, we never was back. We was never backseater. We, you, when you found us, you found us either in the front or on the third. <laughs> so we, we never was back. <laughs> we, we wanted to be where we could feel it and hear it. And so mm. we was up there and and the church just got the, the choir got to going and worshiping and, and we broke loose. I mean, just broke loose and run and broke loose and praising God, worshiping God. And all the first ladies that was sitting on the front row didn't even couldn't even understand what was going on. I think at that time they acknowledged that. Hold on, and, and don't don't take it the wrong way. Who is the uh, brothers and sister? What church? And 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 that did come about. They wanted to know whose church we was out of because they never had seen it. And so wow. all of a sudden, this, and this is this is the East Coast Conference this in the what East year? Coast Conference, and I right, it had to be right about. Uh, I have a book here. Uh, had to be. We had a. Uh, we started going to the East Coast Conference around about ninety. Five somewhere around there, around about ninety five. Okay, okay. About okay. ninety five. So you're there. You guys are there at the East Coast Conference. We at the East Coast Conference, just cutting a rug cutting in the Holy Ghost. You talk about <laughs> you. You can call us Holy Rollers. You can call us Chandeliers <laughs> Hangers. You can call. 
But, you know, we just felt, you know, once you've been, I always said one thing about a truth worship. Once you've been set free, can't nothing hold you back. You will not allow anything to hold you back. And, you know, if I could go out there and dance like I did out in the world for the devil, I didn't have nothing else but to give God my best, my best. And so when I look at it, and so we was up there at that conference, and so right at the, I remember Brother Kenny Haynes, this is when he was young. I remember when Brother uh, uh, Conwell was there. I remember when Brother James Dillon was there, J.J. Dillon was there, some of, the, some of these great men of God from Mississippi and all that. And um, it was a up, up crowd. And uh, the ladies, the first ladies of these uh, men of God asked the question. And they, uh, we came to that service that night, and uh, we were sitting there, um, and the pastor got up and he said, um, and I, I, man, I'll never forget that. God showed himself. Oh, man. We were sitting there and he said, excuse me one minute. Before we can go any further, he said, I would love for y'all brothers to come up here one minute. And um, mm-hmm. he said, we want to know what church are y'all from? And our pastor was there, you know, Brother Erickson, oh, man, I, I know he had to be overwhelmed about it. And uh, we said we from uh, South Carolina, from the United Pentecostal Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And they said, we knew that y'all had to be from somewhere else because we have never seen it It was a breakthrough because after that right there, it just seemed like the district of North Carolina, every year you would go up, you'll start seeing different a different format of us, if I could put mm-hmm. it like that. And, and, you know, and that's what for, uh, Sister Johnson was saying, Pastor Johnson's sister was saying was that she wanted him to know that there was also black people in the United Pentecostal Church that was out here. It might not have been in our city, but in other states. So he was mm-hmm. introduced to he was introduced to his first uh black evangelist conference where like I say it was uh, evangelizing into the black community at the time in Baltimore, Maryland, where uh Pastor Ron Libby and Brother Urshan was the uh, main speaker. And he mm-hmm. said when he got there for those three days he couldn't contain himself. And we can tell because mm-hmm. when he came back to Rock Hill, got back to Rock Hill, um, he never was the same. So, so, so Brother Erickson went to the, he was the first from the church to go to the Black Evangelism Conference? Right. And that's what I want to, you know, I, that's what I want to, yeah. uh, you know, uh, talk about too. Well, let, let me say that. Let me say too that. So for, again, so for people who don't know, may not be aware of the, and we talked about this in previous episodes, but the Building the Bridge used to be called black evangelism uh, ministries and uh, the black evangelism conference therefore is, uh, was a conference from that ministry. And so brother Erickson is um, the first from the, the uh, Rock Hill church. He goes to this conference, the black evangelism conference, and then he brings back just this, what this like, I mean, on fire energy, 
He just, you know, I'm a, I'm a you know, um, oh man, uh, you know, I tell you what, I, I really um, give God honor and uh, glory for Pastor Harrison. Pastor Harrison was different, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of Louisiana. I know it is, uh, you know, and in, in, I know a lot of people might not know who I'm talking about, but this is uh, uh, used to be our secretary of Sunday school uh, brother. This is his, uh, Pastor Gary Harrison, uh, little brother. Uh, mm-hmm. From uh, Louisiana, and um, so uh, he goes, and, and that what that what was so awesome about it. Now he goes to the conference, and when he goes to the conference, and we go down to Jackson, we go down to Tampa, Florida, the following year, uh, about forty of us uh, go down to the conference for the first time down to uh, Brother uh, Wolf Church uh, at Cavern Tabernacle in Tampa, Florida. They got uh, they got Brother Vernon Bright. They got Brother Moses Hightower. They got these. And, uh, you know, Brother Urshan uh, uh, on the, on the uh, <laughs> one of the speakers. Uh, they got one of the speakers, uh, and, yeah. And what was so astonishing about it, you know, I just, I just started seeing what God would just start showing uh, his favor, he, you know, people can't tell me that he wasn't showing his favor to Pastor Ayers and the, to the uh, church or whatever. We get there uh, and Brother Moses Hightower getting ready to speak and the in the church is packed. We didn't even have nowhere to sit. And so wow. we standing on the outside, one of the urchin come and get us and all of a sudden that thing we know, we sitting on the platform behind <laughs> Brother Ursha, man, I'm sitting here like, we, Lord, no. Oh, man. Lord, yeah, yeah. No. You know, Lord, no. You, you, y'all must have thought y'all had arrived. Like, Lord. this is it. This, <laughs> we done, We must have been Lord. translated or something. Lord, where, and, you know, at that time right there was, it was just. Now, what year, what year was this? This was, this was the first conference for us, 92. Let's see, 91, this had to be 92 or 93. Right, yeah, okay. right around about 93 because okay. my uh, my son was born in 94, and that's when we went to uh, we went to Atlanta when he was born. That was the uh, Building the Bridge Conference in Atlanta when we went to when my uh, youngest was born. And mm-hmm. uh, but the thing uh, but the thing about it though is I I what really um caught the attention, I guess, of the church was that Brother Harrison, when he went to that first conference, it was like a, a strive. It was like a, oh my God. He started bringing in um, different speakers. He started bringing, uh, I'll never forget the, like, the first uh, blackie after that, uh, going to the conference, we had the first uh, black evangelist conference in the South Carolina district in Rockia. Yeah, and yeah. he brought yeah. in he brought in one of the pastors. He brought in I'll never forget Brother Walter Miles, and Brother Walter Miles preached that uh, message. Uh, what was uh, I had it here? Uh, uh, 
brother Walter Mile. Appreciate you, when you when we come back when we come back after the conference while you're looking for that when we come back after the conference, I want you to share that story of how you got that book you're flipping through right now. Right. Don't share it today, but uh, <laughs> yes, it, it is a fantastic, yes, fantastic story. So I want you to share that. Yeah. But yeah, save that. So yeah, brother Walter Myers. Brother Walter Myers, young guy, young uh, young minister out of uh, Virginia. Um, was in the evangelist field, and he met him at conference, met him at the uh, Black Evangelist Conference. And, uh, man, we were seeing for a treat. You know, here we is. You know, we heard, heard him preached at the conference and uh, didn't know that uh, Brother Harrison had set him up to come to uh, the first Black uh, conference we was going to ever have uh, I, and, and that was was very supportive because brother BB brother uh, uh, Nelson brother um, uh, Caraway brother uh, uh, Wilkes uh, brother Scott Smith uh, every church in the South Carolina district all the way from Charleston the superintendent of course was there brother uh, uh he was a, uh, uh, you know, uh, Georgetown, every uh, pastor, uh, yeah. Myrtle Beach, everybody was supported. And mm-hmm. so man, what, what was the what was that conference like in in uh, well, both in Tampa and in, in um, South Carolina? Like what describe it for us? Like what was it like being there uh, at the Black Evangelism Conference? I'm going to tell you the truth. When, uh, uh, in the message that Brother Miles uh, preached was, buy low and say a high. I'll never forget it. Mm. <laughs> buy low mm. and say a high. And, uh, he, you know, he came out of Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 9, Proverbs 23 and 23. And, uh, I mean, it was just dynamic. But that's what I want to say about it. I think that will really lit the fire, really, um, through all our lives. Because when we got to that first conference and, you know, it was the identity, you know, uh, and, and like I say, I uh, color never bothered me because I I was raised by parents that regardless what color or race somebody was, I, I, I was supposed to have respect for them. And the thing yeah, that I love, everything that I love the most was that I think Brother Erickson and his family actually showed us the real identity. He allowed us to see God through him and past him. You know, mm-hmm. I, when I look at Brother Harrison, it, you know, um, somebody might want to try to correct me, but there will never be another like Pastor Harrison. Pastor Harrison uh, and his family, when it, when I even when I got first got in the church, I always remember Sister Harrison. Sister Harrison would, you know, open arms, and, and it doesn't it didn't matter what the situation may be or what we may go through. She she just always received us and she allowed us to be her children. Even though she had Tammy and Wesley, they they the way they embraced the church, the way they embraced the family of the church, it was just like you know, it was so awesome to me that, you know, when I my mom first met Brother Erickson, uh Pastor Erickson and his family. Now, if my mom can sit here, you know, her son, her baby just got the Holy Ghost. And she says she it didn't matter to her. It did not matter to her. She loved on them because this is what she was looking for all these years for her son. Deliverance mm-hmm. to be yes. set free. And the 
when she got a hold of Pastor Harrison and oh, she just thought that they was the best ever happened in life. <laughs> ever happened in life. And uh, Brother Harrison just showed, you know, even throughout the district, if we were to go do a uh, whatever, uh, the district, if you, when you talk about Brother Harrison, the district of South Carolina tell you there that, you know, him and uh, Brother Clayton, and I, I put them all out there, Clayton, Brother Singleton, and all the all them, these was great means of God. But Brother mm-hmm. Harrison just had this uh, reflection of this image of uh, God to the point that, you know, he, his love for the body, the vessel, mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I, I think I shared with you what, uh, when he spoke down in, uh, um, he spoke, had spoke in Louisiana, but he spoke, uh, preached down in uh, Memphis, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And um, they was asking him, brother, uh, I never forget that brother Enlow and uh, brother Kenny Mack then was asked, uh, the the chairman and secretary was asking him, you know, how did you uh, end up with so many blacks in your church? And because that day when he spoke, he actually had everybody stood up, stood up that day. And we actually came to that conference on, we had that we had to uh, rent a uh, trailway bus because the the church about wow. had grown. It, it was over seventy. This was over seventy of us that was at the conference, and so they wanted to know what did he do. I just heard a brother mm-hmm. say that uh, in a uh, in a, a panel discussion uh, a couple of days ago, and he asked them what what did what did you do to uh, have that many uh, uh, blacks in your church, and then he told him the story. He he told him the story. He said, "You know, it's like when you go fishing." He said, "We all know that there's a certain season for different type of fishing," and he said, mm. "But see, the thing about me," he said, "When you hungry, he said, you got to feed your family." He said. You know, when you bait up or when you put the worm on or when you put the cricket, he went into all that. He said, only thing I knew was I just wanted to throw my rod out there and whatever, get a hold of it. I was just going to really need it. I said, do it, Pastor. I say, see it, Pastor. It, <laughs> it didn't make no difference. He said it didn't make no difference. But he, and he didn't have to go into the color or nothing like that because he knew what God was doing. And when mm-hmm. you hunger, when there's a thirst, there, that's what you're going to get. You know, uh, I think people subject to, you know, because like I said a long time ago, I heard a pastor say one time and I was shocked because he forgot who God is. You know, God always going to give the increase, but also he's not going to give you something that you're not ready for. He, he's, you know, and, you know, we can say what we want to say, but, you know, when you fishing, you know, uh, I thought the gospel was for the whole world, not half, mm-hmm. not just certain ones. There's certain ones, right? You know, and and I know that that this um, the building the bridge as well, building the bridge conference, Black Evangelism Conference, and they have historically uh, been really intentional about doing outreach in the area that the conference is being held in, and so. You know, when you talk about fishing and going fishing, you know, from my understanding, building the bridge, this building the bridge conference, Black Benjamin's conference really pioneered 
um, having uh, outreach days or outreach efforts um, in the city, you know, during during the conference. And in fact, in fact, leading up to the conference this year, Texas, the Texas, Texas district is already out there and has already been out there canvassing mm, that's the, awesome. the area. That's awesome. You know, uh, that's awesome. prepping people and, and saying, hey, come to the conference, come to church. That's awesome. And what does that do? It not only bolsters, we because we're not just into, into uh, you know, numbers just for comp- numbers sake and, and ha- trying to have big crowds at the conference. But I believe what that does is it also, once the conference is over, it gives the pastors in that community an opportunity to now connect with all those people yes, who have yes, experienced sir. Pentecost yes, at sir. a Pentecostal Holy Ghost conference, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm glad you say that, Pastor Aaron, because, you know, I was thinking, you know, you know, even though I, and I, I'm going here is because what, what happened with Pastor Harrison was that, you know, when you look at Pastor Harrison also um, following the will of God, because he 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 know his calling. He he knew his calling, and uh, to you know that could have been like a um, a area of distraction because you know you seeing people coming in different race and all that because you gotta understand the Church of Rock Hill was multicultural, and um, yeah. and so you know even when you said going to the first conference. When we got there and we was allowed to see, to know that, you know, we're not, you're not the only one. And right. then to get into service and you actually seeing timeout, it's almost like saying timeout. You telling me that they're actually a black minister that preaching at yeah. these, yeah. what? Yeah. I just fell in, I, I, you know, um, I broke down. I, I actually broke down because I could see how Pastor Johnson felt when his sister took him to that first conference was that you has to you got to be kidding me. We knew about the PAW. Yeah, we knew about the PAW, but we wasn't PAW. We United Pentecostal. And right. not that, you know, being in the surrounding that we came in, because we started out, like I said, we started out going, we never missed a a district conference in South Carolina. We actually never did see um, at that at that point of time uh, black ministry behind the pulpit or anything. We never seen it, mm. but by Pastor Erickson going to that first conference, and it just opened a lot of doors. It's opened a lot of doors for um, the ministry. Uh, yeah, you, I want I. Want- I, I want to share this story here because because, man, what you're saying is just just bringing back to memory something that happened to me actually a couple years ago um, at our district conference. And I, I don't think I've shared the story with with many people, but um, or really with anybody. But, you know, you were talking about how. Being at the conference gave you as a black person, gave you this insight into Man, there are there are black people preaching the truth. There are black yes, people sir. who are part of the United yes, House Church. Yes, sir. I um a couple of years ago, actually at our district conference, and I, I still don't know, um, I can't remember the 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 lady's name, but we um my wife and I both we were sitting out to dinner at, or or to to uh breakfast um 
Actually, it wasn't district conference. It was at a it was at a prayer conference is what it was. It was a prayer conference a couple of years ago here in South Carolina. Um, we had driven and we had stayed the night, my wife and I, my family. Um, and the next it was the 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 second day of the conference in the morning. Um, my wife and I had sang or I had sang at the conference and uh, we were in the hotel the next day. And this this uh, elderly lady came up to me, elderly saint. Uh, in the church, um, apostolic. Um, she had been a part of the conference as well. She came up to me and, uh, she's a black lady. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. And she said, you know, I, mm. it's been such a long time. Actually, she said, I, 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 I've been in church a long time and you guys are the first that I've seen, um, singing and ministering behind the, the, on the platform. Right. Right. And that was, I don't know her story. I don't know what church she goes to, but that was a real, real eye opener for me. Um, because I'm not from the South Carolina district. Right. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm from Florida. I'm from, you know, it's, we were in North Carolina for about six years, but when she shared that with me, there was, I had, I had two feelings. <laughs> the one feeling I was going, wow, you know, I'm, you know, I'm humbled by that, that you shared that with me. Um, you know, thank you for sharing that. But then the other feeling was, wow, what? You've been in church for how long? That's right. and, you know, That's and so right. saying that, though, I think that we have come as a district just from from being here the few short years I've been here. We have I have seen a lot gone, a lot go in the way of intentional um, intentionally allowing for diverse cultures to be represented. And I, I want to give again, kudos to brother Gann for, for his leadership um, and, and for recognizing the need, you know, for a ministry like this, for a ministry yeah. like building the bridge um, to even exist. And so you sharing that story about how you being at, at a conference and, you know, here at the black evangelism conference and, and seeing, uh, seeing having that wake up call, if you will, wow, you know, this thing is bigger than me. It's bigger than, yes, it is. Yes, you know, yes. than those things that in my past, um, that just really reminded me of that story. And I don't, I don't tell that story to shame anything or, you know, I think it's a powerful testimony again, of the fact that we have to recognize that we have a lot of work to do. A lot of work has been done, but we do have a lot of work to continue to do in terms of being intentional about our efforts with um with this ministry and with others like it and um you know brother foster i know we're we're running out of time but i did want to ask you you know what are you what are you looking forward to the most um when we get to to the building the bridge conference next week what are you looking forward to hearing the word of god i, I I'm, I'm just excited i'm 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 looking for I, I i tell you it's it's been a while you know since covid um the two years with covid I didn't get a chance to make it to the conference, but it's it's going to be a tremendous blessing to be back on that uh, format because you know that's that that's where a lot of my growth come from. Um, mm -hmm. Being able to um, be around uh, other elders, other uh, people that of the same faith that I am, to, to see their motivation, uh, dedication, commitment to the will and the kingdom of God, and and just to be able to get back into that atmosphere one more time. To yeah. be able to praise God, to lift him up. To, oh, man, that's going to be I'm looking forward to, 
giving God my best, seeing my best, doing my best. Um, just the key of the kingdom is just doing your best for God, allowing yes. Him to do His best through you. And and I, I you know I I just can't tell you how excited I am. I'm just I'm just I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm yeah. just excited because you know it's been a while. Like you know uh, yeah. I, you know, a real good friend of mine said, you know, I, I'm honored. I, you know, right now, to be honest, to tell you the truth, uh, Pastor Aaron, I am so honored. I, I, I take this, uh, man, I'm very honored about this. I'm very grateful that God gave me this opportunity to even be here today to be able to share this. But, um, you know, I, you, you said something about, uh, you know, I passed a super, superintendent again. I feel this heartbeat, you know, um, and I, I am so uh, grateful. I, I, I really, I really appreciate Brother Snipes who was uh, over it. And um, but to continue to, to uh, allow the flame to go, um, yeah. seeing you, calling you up next, and uh, I, 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 you know, and, and then you know, you think about you, uh, Pastor Hugh. I, I, I got to give you know, uh, <laughs> I got to give. Uh, uh, praise where praise deserve, honor is deserved. It's Pastor Hubert, you say, you know, because even with Pastor Hubert, you know, here I am coming from uh, a church, uh, already, you know, two churches already established there, and you know, to come in and have such a great man of God, great faith, yeah. great wisdom, young and just allowing God to use him. You know, I, I, I told God, I talk to God all the time, I said, uh, you know, I'm just so honored, Lord, for what you're doing in my life to help me to grow, to get closer to you. You know, people can publicize or say whatever they want to say about the United Pentecostal Church International or whatever. But I'm so grateful for it because Pastor D.L. Harrison, Pastor Mark Sean Johnson, and now Pastor Hubert ain't been nothing but a light to my feet. You know, they just, you know, they, they, they allow, you know, the growth. And that's what I'm all about. I'm growing. If I, I feel yeah. like if I'm growing, I'm not growing, I'm dying. So that means I can't stay there. I got to mm. go where I'm going to live. That's listen, my every, every young minister need to listen up to this. Cause this, <laughs> this brother, he, you saying that at your age gives no, no excuse to, you know, really to anybody who thinks that, at, at any point in their ministry, they've arrived. I tell you what, you won't arrive until you do. When, yeah, that, when right. that trumpet sounds, <laughs> that's when you've arrived. Other than that, we all, we are all continuing to, to, to work and, and, um, you know, continuing the mission that, that Christ has given us. And so, uh, just, just honestly, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful to, to have been appointed to this position, um, brother Foster and, you know, I'm really appreciative that you were willing to sit down with me and talk today. I know that there's more, so much more to share about yes, building the bridge yes, and about sir. the conference. And I want to do that. I want to be respectful of your time um, tonight. And so I want to do that, though. I do want to get back here and talk more about the conference, talk about what we're learning um, and what was imparted to us. Uh, when we get back from the conference and we might even do it because we're going to be spending a lot of time together when we're there. We might even do it to where, you know, we can record bits and pieces. Yes, sir. Um, you know, a, a, as right. the conference days roll on. So uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, and before I ask you to pray uh, here to close us out, I just I want to again remind everybody that please, please 
plan to attend this week, June June seventh through the ninth, um, at the Double Tree, the South Carolina District Conference. Again, look for us there. Um, uh, actually, Brother Foster will be helping me pass out our uh, South Carolina Building the Bridge Connect cards. Just another intentional way for you to connect with um, with this podcast in particular and other things that I have planned to do here in the district. Um, so be looking for that. Um, those connect cards. Um, there'll also be an additional opportunity to connect on a, on the uh, slide deck. You know, each each year the district will um, have a slide deck of different things happening in the district. And so uh, be on the lookout for that as well. That QR code. It's still not too late to register for the Building the Bridge Conference right. in Houston, Texas next week. Again, that's occurring June 14th through the 16th uh, in Houston, Texas. And you can register at buildingthebridgeministries.com. I'll be sure to include that in the show notes so everybody will have access to that. And again, I want to say thank you to Brother Foster. Thank you, uh, everybody who's listening in. Again, there's so much more to this story that I hope we'll be able to um, continue to share. And Brother Foster was a, was a tremendous help tonight in providing a lot of uh, uh, historical context and background of this ministry um the man all the names that he dropped bro you dropped some <laughs> names tonight <laughs> all the names that he you know, and, and ministers and pastors and people that we all know who have been involved with this ministry so but if you'd like to connect with what um we're doing here with uh, in the south carolina district and uh with building the bridge email me at scbtbministries at gmail.com um, remember to share this podcast I, you know i'll tell you i've been uh, I have had friends asking me, pastors and ministers alike, asking me, what am I up to? And I share with them this podcast. This is just another way for it to go into other states, let the ministry grow um, and and uh, and really allow for God to uh, to be glorified in this. You know, this is an important ministry for the for um, the United Pentecostal Church. And I'm just really, really honored to uh, to really serve it. And, and, and one last thing too, just remember. Um, you can check us out, check me out on Instagram, SCBTB Ministries, um, and connect with us there. And with that, Brother Foster, again, I want to say thank you. Um, and then if you have any last words and if you want to, if you wouldn't mind closing us out in prayer. Yes, sir. Uh, Pastor Eric, like I said, I really appreciate you uh, again and thank God for you and uh, your family also. And uh, Pastor Hubert for allowing us really be honest and true, uh, be able to uh, promote this and uh what an awesome man of God, and and uh, I always say, uh, I thank God for the Church of Ephesus, and and also I thank God for my wife and daughter who actually helped me to get where yes. I'm supposed to be, <laughs> and so and and really I thank God for helping them uh, even early today with helping us with the podcast, giving me a situation and all, but it's. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's great. It's um, I just want to keep the fire going. I'm I'm a, you know I, I I I didn't get to say too much, but I really appreciate uh brother Blanton, uh Weber Blanton, uh a lot more of my brother David, uh, uh you know for their support for what they doing, uh brother Peter, uh, uh man, I can just go on and on and uh you know I grew up with these young men, you know I I, I was sharing with uh. First Lady Johnson the other day with her daughter, I said, you know what I can see about the Building the Bridge Conference? I say, the the contributor that we all done for it, I say, guess what? I said, uh, 
guess who came to church and uh, spoke down in uh, Columbia? And uh, she said, who? I said, you know, Brother Myron Winning Sr., right? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not talking about senior. Right. I say, I'm talking about the little boy <laughs> that came up with y'all. And he just tore the church up. Yeah, he did. Said him like, she's like, you know what, Brother Foster? I've been keeping up with him too. And I say, you better see it. You better see it. So, you know, Brother uh Heron, uh uh Pastor Heron, I'm 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 very grateful. And I want the Billington Bridge staff to know that we're behind this. We support yeah. this. And, and, it's, and, and, we, and it just don't need to be just us. We just need all the support we can from the Amen. United Amen. Amen. Church International. And, and, and I am so honored to say I really appreciate Superintendent Bernard for what yes. David Bernard, for what he's doing, the support and the staff. You know, I'm UPC. I, I tell people I'm UCPC till I die. So <laughs> you got to deal with this. You got to deal with this because I love God. I I, I couldn't see it no other way. Uh, I'm in to stay. Uh, I'm just this 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 long term. This until the end. Until I take that last breath. You know, this this home for me. This this home base. And uh, and I'm I'm very appreciative of what uh what uh God is allowing to happen. Through this ministry. Amen. Amen. And would you mind uh, just here, take a few moments and just close us out in prayer and we'll wrap it up that way. Yes. Father, I thank you right now. Giving you all honor, God. All praise, all worship. God, you are still allowing us to see your glory through the ministry of the building the bridge not only just the building the bridge, but throughout the church of the living God. God, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, Jesus, loud your will, not our will, God, because it's not about us and never will be about us. Because God is your calling, it's your choosing. But you say that your word is going to go forth and it is going to be fulfilled. When everything else passes away, God, your word is going to stand forever. God, I'm asking that you will use your church, your body, your temple to glorify you, God. Lord, that through us, that others will see you, God. God, I'm asking you, Jesus. I'm asking you, Jesus, through these ministries that you have set forth, through these means that you have called to be all that they can be for you, Jesus. Lord, you allowed your will to be done through them. Allow them to die out daily seeking you, God, that your will can be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, and I'm asking that you will continue to keep your hands upon the bill and the bridge director of South Carolina. And God, as he continue to promote for your kingdom, 
that your will be done here in South Carolina. God allowed this podcast that when it be broadcast, that it will enter into the hearts of men, women, and children of the living God. And they will receive, God, what you are doing in these last days and in hour. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your will, God.